0: Was this not being properly prepared? What happened was, you remember the various drainage canals that were designed to take water out of the city, with the very means of water coming into the city. and the irony, irony of all that was this we had been warned i remember months before listening to an interview by a man named dr ivor van herden and he's part of the lsu center that for hurricane center and he had been saying if a storm comes in at this angle then this is what's going to happen we were warned I'm not sure if anything was really done about it so much loss so much property but more than anything else so many people I was listening to a report the other night on WDSU, and I think the estimate, at least of immediate loss, was around 1,800 folks who were in their homes and on the first floor, and if they didn't have a second floor, all of a sudden, the water came up literally within minutes, and many of them, as you know, were trapped in those houses and drowned in their house or drowned in the attic, drowned perhaps trying to get from one place to another. 1,800 people died. And you see, that's not even counting the number of people who have died during the last five years as a direct consequence of what happened there. And unless you're not from this region at all, there's not a person in this audience who can say, I escaped without any residue. Every one of us, to some degree, have been touched, have been affected forever. I realize that in this congregation this morning many of you may be still carrying not just the scars because we carry scars but you may be carrying the scars that still hurt the pain of loss the pain of suffering and while Katrina has Gone its way and hasn't been here for five years, there's still maybe that sense in you of real churning and difficulty and upheaval. You know, we look at all this and we look at the way we found out after the storm, the canals, some of them were constructed. You remember the 17th Street Canal over here? We heard about the testimony of the way the canals were maintained, using that term very loosely, where there were obvious, clear, indications, all is not well. We remember these things, don't we? And I think more than anything else, because when we went through Betsy in 65, those of you who were here after Betsy in 65, you remember, hey, it was beautiful weather. Do you remember how nice the weather was after Betsy? It was cool and it was just like this is pleasant maybe we need a few more of these hurricanes but there was destruction you know your house got a roof damaged or you got a tree and this window but we didn't have the kind of horrible devastation that we had for Katrina the difference between the two storms was man made lack man made lack of preparation we People, leadership, whoever, had been warned and we knew we were living in the bullseye. Everybody from here knows we're a target. That's not a surprise. Oh, we're a target? The central problem was we did not heed the warnings the warnings that were given to us by Dr. Van Herden, the warnings that were given to us by leaking, um, uh, what do you call it, canals, the warnings, all of these warnings, we didn't heed them. And I believe the Lord this morning, I had thought to have a totally different kind of a message today, and really Wednesday the Lord radically changed this Because actually, I had forgotten that Sunday was Katrina Sunday. I wasn't thinking that way. And all of a sudden, I felt the Holy Spirit just say, this is what I want to do. And I said, oh, that's right, Katrina. You know, how could I forget? And I believe the Holy Spirit wants to use our experience of Katrina to show us That he is the God who desires and will save those who call upon his name. I believe the Lord wants to do that this morning by showing us about another storm. Another storm that hit humanity that, in comparison to Katrina, makes Katrina pale in comparison. So let's be turning, if you would, to Genesis chapter 6 as we pray. Father, this morning, what a joy it has been and always will be of seeing the living proof that those who hear and heed your word... Receive new life. The forgiveness of sin. And entrance into the kingdom of God. Father, minister to us today. Father, we pray that these next several minutes. will be the most significant minutes for several people as you desire to share through your word, through this man your great love of warning and response for the saving out of the next storm. Minister this morning, Father, as only you can by your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis 6. All of us know the story. Noah and the flood. And you know, when you look at the story of Noah, and when you look at the culture of Noah, Noah's culture, Noah's day was very much like our own. Very much like our own, except obviously for technology. In fact, in Luke 17, 27, Jesus says this. They were eating and drinking and marrying. They were just living normal lives. At least as they thought was normal. Life was good. If you had asked the, the mayor of one of the cities in those days, you'd ask a king, you'd ask a mother a daddy how is life what's going on what can you expect everything's good I have some difficulties ups and downs but you know life is good all is well and you know i am really upbeat and really positive about the future i think they would have told you that I don't think any of them would have said, I'm living in dread. Life's good. We have some problems, some difficulties. The king over there is constantly attacking us. But you know, we can deal with that. Life is okay. Our future is good. But you see, what they did not know was on the horizon of their lives was a storm that was coming. A storm that would strike that culture and that civilization and totally and radically change forever. Even the configuration of this earth. The most mighty storm that has ever struck this world. They were living in the shadow of that thing coming. And the problem is, they were unaware. See, because listen to what the Lord says in Genesis chapter 6. You might look at verse 17. When they are thinking life is good, life is okay, I'm getting by, it doesn't really matter that much about some of the difficulties. I'm going to be okay. When they are living that way, the Lord tells Noah, I will bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh in which is the breath of life under heaven. Everything that is on the earth shall die. Verse 17, and they were unprepared. Matthew 24, 39, Jesus tells us this. They were unaware. They were ignorant, unprepared for this storm until the flood came and swept them all away. So will also be the coming of the Son of Man. When this storm came under the horizon, it was too late. There was nowhere to go for safety. And this morning I believe the Lord desires to prepare us for the coming of a far more dangerous storm than either that storm or Katrina. There is another storm on the horizon. And I believe this morning he wants to show us this and warn us because he desires to display what we have been listening to all morning I am a god who saves and as we go through this we want to be very careful and ask you not to link where you shouldn't link we are not saying that katrina was god's attempt to wipe out wicked new orleans i'm not saying that if it was God's attempt to wipe out New Orleans, ain't none of us would have been here this morning. But I do believe that we had better make sure we know that this was a signal that as bad as Katrina was, There is another storm, the worst storm that mankind will ever and has ever experienced. So let's look back again in Genesis chapter 6, verses 11 and 13. There's a storm on the horizon. Life is good. Everything's okay. I'm buying a new house. I'm starting a new job. The stock market is teetering, but I think it's gonna be okay. And as long as the Democrats and Republicans can get together, our future is great. Now that may have said something in itself that should indicate to you we don't have a chance. No. So <laughs> <laughs> But on the horizon, there's a storm coming. And the clouds, I believe, are getting darker and darker day by day so genesis for all flesh had corrupted. the lord tells noah this now the earth was corrupt in god's sight and the earth was filled with violence and god saw the earth and behold it was corrupt for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end to all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Yes, there's a storm coming. Certainly is. But you see, in the good news in this storm that is coming, because there is good news, that God has purposed to use the warning of this storm to save his people from the destructive effects of the storm. Now, how is he going to do this? How does God save his people in Noah's day? He does it by providing a substitute he provides, you remember, an ark of safety for Noah and the family. When you look at Genesis verse four, 6, verse 14, the word says, and God says to Noah, make yourself an ark of gopher wood. An ark. You remember that big boat. The storm is coming. There is absolutely no way and no place to go to hide and to be safe. Even the highest mountain will be inundated by the waves and the winds of this storm. Everything will be destroyed except those who have heard the word of warning and have heeded the voice of God and this is Noah and his family. Build an ark and when I tell you to get in it, get in it. And it will be this boat that will go through all the lashing and the beatings of the winds and the waves of God's judgment. You see, the boat will incur the fury of the storm. The boat will be tossed about. The boat will be attacked. The boat will pay the price That the storm will exact. It's a substitute. But every person in the boat will be saved alive. The warning is this. The storm is coming. There is no escape whatsoever. That's the warning. That's the fact. The second fact is I have an ark of safety and of salvation. And if you will believe me about the coming storm and if you will obey me by getting into the ark, when that storm hits, you will be saved alive. Now, I can imagine Noah, well, but God, you have to remember, I've tried to be good all my life. I try to be sincere, be good to people. You see, the Lord did not give Noah the opportunity to be saved because of Noah's deeds except for one deed, obedience to the Lord's word. What did Noah do? He believed God. What does that mean, he believed God? Everybody believes God. No. No. Noah believed. How do we know he believed? Because he did what God told him to do. You see, when Noah heard God's word of warning, he believed God's word of warning and he obeyed God's instruction for salvation. He heard the word of warning. He believed that is true. And he obeyed the way the Lord said, you shall be saved. Get into the boat. How do we know that? Because you see, Genesis tells us that Noah got into the boat with all of his family. See, Noah was not saved because he did not have sin. Noah was saved because he placed his faith and trust in God's only way of salvation revealed to him by God's word. You know how foolish Noah must have looked? Remember years ago, what's his name, uh, Crosby? What's the, the comedy's name? Bill Crosby. Do you remember? He's pretending to be Noah. People in the neighborhood, what you doing? Noah can't tell you. It's a secret. Now, that's not what the Bible says, but we know that Noah's... Obedience to God was actually his message to the world that the storm is coming and get prepared. But they didn't believe Noah. He was a nut. Rain? What's rain? What's that? We have a canopy. What's rain? What you do? I can't tell you. 120 years. Those are sounds that indicate building. <laughs> I'm not out of breath out here and my pacemaker's still working fine. Someone says, get him, get him some oxygen. <laughs> I just look like I'm out of breath. What you're doing can't tell you. Can you give us a hint? How long can you tread water? And you know, it's good to laugh. But we must remember, a storm is coming. As surely as Katrina was going to hit New Orleans, Louisiana, this storm will hit all mankind. You see, we may be apprehensive about another hurricane hitting us. And you know, every August and September, what do all of us who are from New Orleans do? (gasps) Here we go. And we intently look at the news and see if there are any depressions out there in the Atlantic, right? How many of you kind of... Make sure we see those things. And when we see any little swirl, we begin to think what? Could that be another Katrina? How many of you think that way? Could it be? And the answer is yes. We all live in this apprehension. But you see, our real danger is so much greater than that. Please allow the apprehension and the possibility of a disaster coming back to us to let you know that there's something much more terrible. In fact, this next storm, or the last storm as I call it, will be an eternally consequential storm, not just for a few years. And there won't be any rebuilding of cities and societies. Listen to what Jesus said about these days that we live in. Just as it was in the days of Noah. How was it? Everything's fine, Sid. We all right, babes. We all right. I got my family, my income, and my 401k. My truck works okay. It's okay, Mo. It's all right. Just as it was then. These days, today, it will be in the days of the Son of Man, meaning the return of the Lord. It's coming. You see, his solemn warning, just as God judged Noah's world, he will judge this world. And the verdict will be the same. There's a storm coming. The storm of God's judgment against our sin. What caused that storm in those days? Remember, I read it. Violence and sin, corruption. Now I'm almost 67 years old and maybe I have forgotten a lot of things. But it just seems to me that the, it looks like there is a proliferation, a growing, and increase in violence, corruption, attacks. Do, do you see that this world is not getting better every day? It looks like the thing is getting worse and worse. Pakistan looks like half of it is down the drain with that monstrosity of a flood tsunamis killings hundreds of thousands of people being wiped out in genocide over there in those nations across the Atlantic public officials the whole issue of sexual sin and deviancy ungodliness the whole issue of flaunting these things in the face of a holy God who says I'm coming back and I'm going to judge the world even the fact that our personal sin continues in this day Jesus is coming back to deal with everyone who is not in the ark, in a way that you don't want him to deal with you. The Bible says in Romans 3:26, "For all have sinned." Now, I'm not going to do this, but ask every wife here knows her husband has sinned." Now the husband may not be that brave. Every one of us who have children and grandchildren know they have sinned. There's not a person in this audience who has not sinned, including this one. Every one of us. The amens on that one were a little too loud for my comfort. (laughs) Can you get this? You have to admit, I look good today. You ought to see me during the week. You ought to see me when I'm working. How many of you have seen me at my house working? Do I look this good? I look good. Let me tell you, I, I have, how many of you have heard of Brooks Brothers? That fan, I have a Brooks Brothers suit on. It is, the Brooks Brothers. Amen. I paid $12.50 for this at Blooming Deals. Yes, $12.50 for this brook brother. I'm looking good. I'm looking a whole lot better than some of you people are looking. All this is is a veneer that covers over a man who is filled with weakness, frailty, and failure. Sin. I don't care how good you look. Peel back the layer, and there's a cauldron of sin in every one of us. All have sinned. So what? The Bible goes on to say in Romans 6.23, but the wages of sin is death. You see, when I think of my life, and maybe you could perhaps consider the same thing for your life. What have I contributed? Well, I didn't birth myself, so I can't take credit for that, Matt. I didn't raise myself, you know, you know, I was born then I started taking over. I can't take credit for that. I can't take credit for knowing things because I had to be taught, so I can't take credit for that. I mean, I, I can't take credit for my either intellect or lack of it or personality or lack of it or whatever. I can't take credit For anything. Oh, wait. I can take credit for one thing. There's one thing that every one of us can take credit for. And what is that? Our sin. That is the only thing that I personally have contributed to this life. Everything else. How do I take credit? For my looks. Blame God. Blame God. Blame God. God. Laugh at God. Come on, when you look like this, you know, laugh at God, okay? Blame God. But I don't take credit. For what can I take credit, Evan? Only my personal sin. That's what I own. That's mine. Nothing else is mine. These things didn't get... I didn't make this stuff. I didn't make my shoes. Only my sin. It's the only thing that's mine personally. Mine. So when I stand before God, when I think I'm going to crow about something that's mine, it's mine. What? Sin. It's the only thing that belongs to you indigenously. You, yourself. No one gave it to you. It's yours. You did it. You cultivated it. You developed it. You continue it. You see, in Noah's day... They were as sinful as we were. But it was getting out of hand, as I said, we all see today. And Jesus warned us, in those last days, sin will proliferate. And we're seeing it all over the place. The winds are beginning to pick up. When Katrina struck, the winds began to pick up during the night. And you could hear them coming. You could hear them coming until it struck and the winds didn't anymore. They just continued for hours, unabated, unabated. In Noah's day, All who did not believe Noah's warning died. Do you believe it? All who believe it can't happen. The guy's a kook. You know, he goes to that church. <clears throat> Friends, the same thing is coming, but on monumental cataclysmic proportions that we cannot even begin to make a movie out of it. You see, the word says in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not desiring that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It's God's will that we should repent. Repent. So this morning, especially if you were visiting, you may ask, I wonder why I came. Well, I know why I came because so-and-so was baptized. That is not the reason you're here this morning. Oh, no, I'm here because... No, that's not the reason. That was a means that God used to bring you into this house to let you know maybe for the first time or the fifth time but you better pray not warn for the last time because the Lord says I will not always strive and warn how many of you mamas and daddies have warned your children and one time it happened you didn't warn anymore you struck not physically but you know what I mean Why were you invited? Because God who is gracious and good and the God who desires to save has you here this morning to listen to this man's voice and to hear through this voice God's personal word of warning for your heart. And you're listening and you are hearing it and it is getting through. You are getting a sense this is true. And he's telling us this morning that all hope is not lost because as he did in the days of Noah... So also he has done for us. God has graciously prepared for us an ark of salvation. You see, had he not done so, I would rather not know about the storm. I'd rather be dumb and stupid and be swept away than know it's coming and not be able to do anything about it. I'd rather... What did they say? Ignorance is bliss? Maybe that's why I'm so happy all the time. You know, it's just... He has you here today to tell you it's coming, but there's an arc of safety here. There's an arc of safety. So hang on with us as we turn a little corner here. 1 Thessalonians 1, verse 10, one of the letters that Paul the apostle wrote to a church that he established early on in his missionary journeys. And he's writing them, just to let them know that they're doing well and he's encouraging them. And he says at the end of this particular verse, 1 Thessalonians 1.10, Jesus delivers us from the wrath to come. It is Jesus who is God's ark. When the storm of God's judgment comes against our sin, those who have entered the ark of God as Noah did whose name is the Lord Jesus Christ those will be saved you may be sitting here and saying this I don't believe it (laughs) I don't believe it may I say as quietly as I can it doesn't change the truth Believing that the salmonella won't hurt you and you eat the bad egg anyway, you are still going to get sick. You see, believing this does not change the fact. I just don't believe it. You better believe it. Jesus delivers us from the wrath to come, the storm of God's judgment. You heard about this this morning in some of the testimonies on the cross, on the cross. I don't believe we have to go into a lot of details, because everybody in here has probably been raised in church and been in and out of churches all their lives. on the cross. Jesus died in order to avert the wrath of God for our sin so that we could be forgiven of our sin. See, God has but one ark. He didn't give Noah's neighborhood an ark and he didn't give the folks down the street an ark and then he gave those folks over there another kind of boat and this boat. He gave one boat. May I say it again? He gave how many? One. one boat. He gave one command. Enter the boat. That's it. Oh, that narrow. Ooh, that's narrow. Ooh. So narrow, but so saving. Oh, God, thank you for narrowness that you tell us about it. So narrow, so saving. 1 John 1, 7, the blood of Jesus, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. Romans 5, 9, now we have been justified, meaning saved and forgiven, by Jesus' blood, so much more, shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God, from the storm to come. You see, as the ark was lashed, and beaten about by the winds and the waves of the storm of God's wrath against sin. As that ark was beaten and battered and lashed by that storm, so also the Son of God was beaten and battered and lashed by the wrath of God in order that God's justice could be satisfied so that all who say, believing, that's the ark of safety. I'm getting in it. I'm going in that ark. Because I don't know when the storm's going to strike. But I know that it will strike. See, we don't know whether today is the last day on earth. You see, Jesus came to be our ark of salvation by experiencing what we should have experienced of the storm of God. This is the mercy and the love of God. And just as Noah and the family in the ark were preserved through the storm unto safety, so also those who believe the warning... And heed the instruction to enter Jesus will also be saved from the fury of God's wrath. See the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10-11 about Noah that all these old things were written for our example upon whom the ends of the earth come. So remember how was Noah saved? 622 of Genesis tells you how Noah got saved. Noah did all that God commanded him. He did all that God commanded. It's very simple. He just obeyed God. In Genesis 7, 7, Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives, the whole crew went into the ark to escape the waters of the flood. We're saved the same way. Noah is a literal story, a historical fact, we believe, that God has given to us recorded in His Word, not just to tell us that He is a Savior those days but to let us know that he is a savior even today and as we look and learn from that story we can understand as Noah was saved we also can be saved the very same way because you see it God's way has never changed it's always been the same way from Genesis 3 all the way through to Revelation 22 it is the same way all the way through How? By faith. By faith that believes God's word and obeys God's word. Believing that what God said about this storm, this wrath of God against our sin, believing that that is the truth. It's the truth. May I say it again? It's true. It's true. That's the bottom line. No matter how you feel about it, no matter what anybody says about it, the bottom line is this. It is truth. This morning you have heard truth. You cannot say, I didn't know. And not only believing that the God's warning The word of warning is a truth, but by then obeying that truth. I believe it's a truth, and I obey the truth. Listen to the truth from Jesus. Listen to his invitation. Remember, he's given us a warning. A storm is coming. A storm of such monumental biblical proportions and cosmic effect that it will change not only this world but all creation will totally be changed by this next storm. This will be the Katrina of eternity and it's coming. And the only way to escape, listen to these words. Come you blessed of my father. Come and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Jesus says this morning, come. He said to Noah, come, enter the ark. Believe my warning and enter the ark so you can be saved and your whole family. Believe God's word. It's the truth. That Jesus is God's only ark of salvation. And come and enter him. Come and enter. Believe him. You see, he's paid the full price. Ours is to believe it and to come to receive it. For the forgiveness of our sin to enter his eternal kingdom. You see, Noah inherited a new world. The Lord not only wants to warn us about a storm, to get into the ark, to be saved from the storm, but to be saved, to come into his kingdom. This is not just a God who saves from, he's a God who saves unto himself. He says, come. He says, come. Be saved today enter the ark today put aside all your questions of i'm not sure about this i'm not sure about that and i don't know how this works or not. the only question is this do you believe has the holy spirit made sense to you this makes sense this is the truth Is that what's happening inside of you? You say, well, I'm not a member of your church. That's not important to us. We're not going to follow you home and come, you know, trying to browbeat you back here. We're not going to do that. We are here this morning hearing the invitation of God to flee from the wrath to come, to enter the ark. And to enter his kingdom. Entering the ark is entering the only place of safety and the only place of joy and eternal blessedness is God's kingdom. How do I enter? Romans 10:13. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. You see, the question again: do you believe that what has been said this morning is the truth? Do you believe it's the truth? Has it made sense to you? Has God caused this to resonate in your mind such that you say, yes, I understand now. As God telling you. It's the truth. Then understanding and believing it's the truth, the next point is to receive it as the truth to embrace it for yourself. See, I can believe a storm is coming. Mayo, a storm's coming. I can believe that. But just believing that truth doesn't get me into the ark with Noah. That's the first part of it. Now the critical thing is, am I going to take the step to enter the ark of God's salvation? and be eternally saved from the wrath of God and inherit the kingdom of God with the Lord Jesus and the rest of God's family. Are you going to do that? That's the key this morning. Do you believe that truth about the warning? And are you going to do what God says? He said, Noah enter the ark and Noah entered the door was closed and the floods came and Noah and his family were saved alive if you believe this if this is where you are and there should be several here this morning because I believe the Holy Spirit has called you for this reason you say well it's difficult for me to you know confess this I've told you, this man may look good on the outside, but on the inside, I don't look that good. But the difference is, every sin in my life, every sin in my life, and there are many. If you don't believe it, ask my wife. Every sin in my life, from the day of birth to the day of death, every sin is forgiven every sin forgiven no more burden of penalty and guilt I'm free not because I'm good because I am not not because I've worked because I have not worked it not because I'm a pastor in this church because that has nothing to do with it Because I heard a word of warning one day. In 1963. I heard a word of warning. And I believed it in my heart said, I want to enter the ark. And I met with that pastor, that preacher man. And I went down and walked down and met him. And he and I prayed together. And I'm saved for eternity. You see? There's difficulty in coming down. I understand that. But there's greater freedom and result of overcoming a momentary fleshly difficulty and the clutches of Satan to say, stay where you are. Don't make a fool of yourself. No. Make a fool of yourself and be eternally saved from the storm of God. Come down down. We're gonna wait. We're gonna wait. You were here this morning. The Lord has spoken to your heart. And He has said, you need to enter the ark. You were here this morning. The Lord has spoken to your heart. And He has said, you need to enter the ark. You know it's true. You know it's true. Come down. Come down this morning going to pray together. Frank and Annette Lauria are going to be available to pray. And you can join the others who with great exhilarance have shared. My life is saved. And I'm going to be with the Lord forevermore. Come down this morning. If the Lord is speaking to your heart, would you get up and come down this morning. We're going to wait. down this morning won't you come if you're visiting us it's okay that's why God has brought you here you're in the midst of a people who love God and each one of us have some kind of way come down and each one of us can tell you thank God I made the step my God in the ark don't assume that you can ignore this you can't God wants you to come down and he wants you to come down this morning that's why he's brought you here. Are oh, you here to come down? We'll wait. I don't mind waiting. We'll be like the people in Noah's day and think it'll be okay. Eternally. They are miserable and wish they had come down. They wish they had believed. The Bible says today is a day of salvation. When you hear the word of warning and the word of safety, the Lord says, this is the day I've given to you to be saved. Come down this morning. Anyone, that you will come down. this portion of the service. The Lord is saying, come down. I want to save you. I want to forgive you. I want to lavish upon you all my gifts. This is a good thing. Come down. Come down. all the goodness of God come down come down come down I've lived 67 years the best decision I ever made come down come down come down down. other others. You'll be joined in this group. Come down. Come down. Receive the greatest gift you'll ever be given. Come down. Won't you come everyone can come to lunch with us today. Let's stand together. Let's proclaim our salvation in Christ, the ark of God, who is our shelter in the storm. I have a shelter in the storm when troubles pour upon me though fears are rising like a flood my soul can rest securely oh Jesus